0: On sport on today FM with Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI, probably the best partnership in the world.
1: Get the facts, be drink aware, and visit drinkaware.ie.
0: And so, let's do our build-up of the Women's World Cup, which starts next week. Ireland's opening game, of course, against Australia. But something of an oddity today in the build-up. Um, Sinead O'Carroll, editor of the journal.ie, tell us please about what actually happened today in Ireland's final World Cup warm up game, one that was taking place behind closed doors.
2: Yeah, so uh, Ireland were playing Colombia in a pre arranged behind closed doors. Most teams are uh, playing one last uh, what, what should be friendly ahead of uh, the World Cup. And most of our understanding of these games is that. Yes, obviously you still have to play them at full pace or whatever, but everyone understands it's the last game before um, the World Cup starts next Thursday. So don't do
0: damage to yourself and don't do damage to others.
2: Exactly. After 20 minutes um, and a very worrying uh, development that Denise O'Sullivan went down injured and has to be taken to hospital for a scan, The Irish officials uh, talked with the match officials to abandon the game because they felt that the Colombian team were being too aggressive. Um, The Colombian FA said that they felt that all rules and processes were being followed, but that they understood the decision of the Irish team. So we don't know yet how Denise O'Sullivan is. We are hoping and praying and we have the candles lit that she will be okay for Thursday.
0: Because Lisa Fallon, given your detailed knowledge of the Irish game how important a player is Denise O'Sullivan to us?
1: Oh well look Denise O'Sullivan is a mainstay and a linchpin in the Irish midfield she does so much of creative work in terms of how Ireland play through the lines and break the lines of the opposition's defence um, when we do have the ball but she works so hard Matt and everyone who watches the Ireland women's team on a regular basis will know Denise's importance and her contribution to the team when they don't have the ball, her communication to other players when they need to go and press, how she fills the spaces, the tackles that she makes in that midfield area the interceptions she, she facilitates you know she's an all round player who is really really crucial and one of the first names on on the Irish team sheet um, you know for her contribution both with and without the ball
2: I was going to say the same Lisa her and Katie McCabe are are the two people whose names are on the team sheet and we saw against France what happens when Katie McCabe went off and I I think Denise going off would have the same kind of level of impact that you see the game just completely those are the two
0: key players
2: they're they're the two key players that so we did like. There are other players that you know are very important, and we we are seeing some of the new additions can be very important. But they are important because they allow Katie and Denise do things, um that maybe without them that that they couldn't. So yeah, they're, they're Denise and Katie. They're they're the two names, the household names of the team as well.
0: Yeah, in some respects, is Katie McCabe to this team like Roy Keane might have been to the men's team, Lisa, in his time that she's playing at a seriously higher level than anybody else on the team.
1: Yeah, what well, she's looked Denise or Katie is playing for Arsenal and has been there quite a long time and you know she's playing Champions League she's up there contesting for the WSL League title now this last year and, and will be again next year and you know when you're competing for titles I think the WSL is now the strongest league in, of women's football in the world all the best players in, particularly in Europe are there so um, they're all up against you know really high quality players and, and Katie's leadership is really really important and it was probably one of the most worrying things for me in that France game you know that defeat there last week was the fact that when Katie off who steps up and and you have to believe that you you need lots of leaders in your team and I think for Ireland that's one of the main concerns is that who steps up if Denise or Katie are not available or if they get a knock and they don't make it back because in tournament football the games come so quick so if you do get a knock it's very difficult to actually get to recover in time Um, it's different to qualifying campaigns Um, so I think one of the things that you need a lesson for Ireland to learn is that other players need to step up if one if the most important players is not available or has to go off in a game for whatever reason, um, and, and that that for me is a key thing, because there's some really experienced players in the Irish team, they've got to be able to step up and show that leadership. You can't just rely on Casey and Denise.
0: I stay with you, Lise on this because there are some people who have suggested that this Irish team. The way it's set up by Vera Pau is quite negative, that it is very defensively orientated, with a very deep lock, playing with three centre-halves and wing-backs. And uh, certainly that it may not be a style of football that might excite a lot of the Irish viewers who are perhaps going to come for the first time to see the team in this World Cup.
1: Yeah, well, I think you know Vera has set out her stall, and I think we shouldn't be flippant about the fact that how successful this style of play has been for Ireland, and that by using this style of play, um, Vera has, you know, managed to get the team qualified for the first major tournament in Irish history. And if if we're if we want to be fair about it, it was exactly the same when Jack Charlton was in That's charge. That's what I was just All about to suggest to you. Years back in 1988 for the European Championships, and again for Italia '90. So. You know, I think you have to be pragmatic and, and, you know, you can be, of course, every manager, you know, wants their teams to be able to build through the thirds and play free-flowing attacking football and be exciting, but you don't want to lose heavily you'd rather you know be more compact and be more um, structured in your approach and it is a tactical game because I think we did see in the game against France against the better opposition um, these teams are really really good and they have players who are really good at finding even the smallest pockets of space and that's all they need in order to you know really punish a team so you know I think people have to Understand that Ireland, on the global stage, is a team in its development phase. I think qualifying for the World Cup has been an absolutely enormous step, and it will, you know, it will create a legacy piece that will live long. Um, and, and it is part of the development and the evolution of a team. But you have to work with the strengths of the players that you have, um, and, and that's the best way to to manage a team and to help them be be successful. And I, I think that's what Ireland have done. It's been a key strength for them um, and, and I don't think that we're we have enough players on the pitch that are ready for us to be able to be open and really expansive. Yeah,
2: I think that's also you can find some of Vera Powell's positives, uh, the positives about her as a coach in that because she has the team very excited about, you know, you hear Amber Barrett say things like we're happy to park the bus (laughs) against Australia or you hear Denise uh, and Katie afterwards saying we love defending, like two attacking minded players saying that they love defending. That's a skill in itself to coach a team, to be happy with it. And also she has spent the last, you know, eight months or so since qualifying looking at where she could unlock a little bit of more attacking play. The people there was people lined up with passports once we qualified. The people that she has actually brought on are people who can make a difference. People like Sinead Farrelly, Marissa Shiva. Marissa Shiva's plan, her plan for her is for her to play in the pocket. So, And she is a little engine and has some amount of speed. Her speed against France was even catching some of her Irish (laughs) colleagues off guard. So there is some things that she has brought into the team that will allow that attacking prowess to, to come forward a little bit more.
0: But Sinead... You put your finger on something there I was just about to ask you about because I'm not going to get into the controversies about Vera Pau and her coaching style in the United States. We've done that on the programme previously. But again, I suppose like there used to be controversy years ago about the selection of non-Irish-born players for the men's team. And here we have, you just said now, a slew of people coming forward with their passports and... Has it been fair and the right thing to do the number of players who qualified for Ireland who have been left behind to accommodate these newcomers?
2: So she she said that a lot of people knocked on her door. She only took a couple of them in. So okay. And the couple that she took in were people who had their citizenship and had their passports. Sinead Farrelly's dad is from Cavan. She has been an Irish citizen for I think her whole life and um, lived in Shankill when she was young. Her sister is moving to Ireland at the moment so her Irish credentials <laughs> are, are not uh, in question. Marissa Shiva's grandparents are, are all from Ireland um, and ha- has, has grown up as an Irish person so I think that's also besides the point I think there was a lot of sentimentality around this team because it is the first time we qualified Very
0: tough on those players who get dropped who of may never get another tough, chance again Of course it's tough
2: but no one's name was on that team sheet that's that's the nature of qualification. You you qualify in October the, the It's the not competition. your jersey. It's never anybody's jersey yeah. in any team, in any sport, in any gender. So there was a lot of sentimentality, which obviously I understand because it's the first time this has ever happened. But Vera Powell is not her job to be sentimental. It is her job to figure out what's needed, what's important. And if there's a couple of Irish people who can offer that, well then that's what they're that's what they're gonna be there for.
0: There are worries, aren't there, Lisa, about whether Sinead Farley Low can play seventy or more play ninety minutes. So she's more of a 70 minute player because she's had a long absence from the game what do you think of what these new players have brought to the
1: Irish team yeah I think it's it's, um, you know that's part of what coach, in coaching language you call the periodization of the players and that's their ability to play at the highest level of the game without fatiguing um, and be able to maintain that standard and you know so with the the advances of sports science now and the, and the data that's available to the coaching teams you're able to tell how much a player how many minutes a player has in their legs and in their cardiovascular system so it helps you to make decisions in games as to when a player might be tiring and so you can plan around when that player starts or do they come into the game and even Australia are doing similarly with some of the players that they have and I think you know with the new players they, they have brought in a different dimension the, you know they've you know, Sinead Farrell is so comfortable on the ball, she's able to open the pitch and she can switch the play. Um, and switching play is a key aspect of, of Irish play, particularly on the counter-attack, being able to change the point of attack really quickly. And I think the new players are, are you know, that that Vera has brought in bring a a dimension to what she's wanted the team to be able to do these players can now facilitate that maybe better than some of the players well obviously better than she feels better than the players that she had available as alternatives but that is the nature of it and you know when you go into a World Cup it's extremely different. Um, you know, tournament football is really, really different from qualifying um, or even friendly games when you talk about the intensity. And one of the things we're going to see in this World Cup is the speed of the games. The games are going to be really, really fast. Even, you know, when we look back to 2019, 2019 compared to 2015, the, whereas the actual volume that the players are running in the game it didn't really change. The high speed running and the sprint volumes changed by between 16 and 19 percent um i think it was 17 percent um that they changed and even in the men's world cup in qatar we say the same so what's happening in is the games are being played at a faster pace so the teams have to be your, your technical ability to move the ball quickly is so so important um, because teams are pressing at much higher intensities they're getting to you quicker they're able to cover those that, that ground much quicker and to you so you have much less time on the ball um, and that's why this World Cup I think is going to be really fascinating the speed of the games the technical ability but also the the way teams execute their tactical plans because even I was in the Costa over at Costa Rica for the women's under 20 World Cup last August and I was literally blown away by how fast the game was but also the tech. The tactical new, um, knowledge and um, the way the teams were able to manage the games and change tactically within the games and just to execute those plans so quickly. Um, so I think this World Cup is going to be really, really fascinating. Okay. Um, I'm going, going to come to back exciting. to you in a
0: second, Lisa, to give, get your analysis of the three teams we're facing in the group stage. But Sinead and Carl, what I want to ask you about though is whether a trick was sort of missed in the build-up to this tournament, in that. Maybe not enough was done with the team at home. I I thought it was disappointing that the final game against France was in Tala Stadium because that is not necessarily where a lot of people go to for matches and maybe they were fearful that they would not sell out the Aviva Stadium but even if it was just the lower levels at the Aviva even bringing the game there I thought would have created much more interest and maybe got much more, many more people going.
2: Yeah there was a lot of talk about that and seemingly like there just was no availability in, in the Aviva was I think the, the reason used. Um, yeah I, there's a couple of things I think corporate across the world and, and certainly corporate ireland are slow to jump on board how big these tournaments actually are and there's ample evidence that they should but there's still surveys out well, there sorry, saying at least
0: the fai has a sponsor for the women's team in sky and it can't get one for the men's team
2: sky and cabri are two of the corporate and unfortunately we live in a world that corporate entities do kind of are the ones who do create buzz do create uh you know Media coverage, because if if media companies get sponsorship, then that they're able to afford to do things like go to Australia. So all of that's important. And unfortunately, there is still a, a, a huge reticence. In just one example, at the moment, it is impossible to get a jersey um, for many of the teams going to the World Cup. You can't get a Brazilian jersey, for instance. You can't get an Irish women's jersey with the sky across because manufacturers aren't making enough. Sports co- uh, stores aren't buying enough. Even though we're all calling out for them, we all want them. So the market is there, the money is there, but the, the corporations aren't jumping on board. So I think that all feeds into why we're not seeing as much of a buzz as we might have. Um, I think the FAI have done a really good job in a lot of ways, um, the Aviva kind of send off uh, aside. But um, yeah, there is some aspects of are disappointing, but hopefully we're still a week out. So hopefully next we week there will be a big buzz.
0: And there'll be a big build up here on Today FM as Dermot and Dave head down they to are Australia heading off, next yeah. week.
2: And myself for, for the 42 in the Journal.
0: Excellent. And Lisa Fallon, the teams we're playing against, because this is a very tough group. And there's going to be a major start 80,000 people at the first game, which is going to be something else. It, when you were at Chelsea, was Sam Kerr the Australian uh, centre forward there?
1: She was. <laughs> She was. Uh, she's a phenomenal player, um, and she's an incredible. The, the first thing that struck me about her actually was her mindset. You know, she walked into a dressing room full of superstars and, and world international player. You know, international players, and she there's a there's an aura from her. You know, she she's a real physical player. She's smart. She's cute. She knows how to play the game. Um, you know, she's she's excellent in the air. Um, she probably had to work a, a bit on her her game. Out of possession and and how we, how at Chelsea the team was needed to press, um, so that she had to work on that side of her game. But in possession, like you know, she's she's been the top goal scorer in every league that she's played in. Um, She's just she's a real phenomenal player, and she's she's also a leader in that team. Um, But they, you know, they have a lot of really good players, and you know, they played France this morning, and they actually beat France one nil, and. France really struggled with them at the the early part of the game to contain them. Australia are a very strong counter-attacking team. They can be quite solid and dogged in their defensive structures, but they're they're not afraid to play through the lines, but they'll also go long and play off flick-ons from Sam Kerr because she's particularly good in the air. So I think her matchup with Louise Quinn in the game um, next week will be be really, really important. And Lisa, Um,
0: can I ask you briefly, because we will come back in more detail to the individual games from next week onwards. Uh, But as reigning Olympic champions, how good are Canada? And also, even if Nigeria are no longer the African top team, how much of a danger do both of these countries pose to Ireland?
1: Yeah, well, Canada are, as you say, Olympic champions and Bev Priestman has done a really good job there. You know, they've got some really excellent players and they're again a really dogged side they don't score many goals but they're really really difficult to break down and that for me will be you know they will want they will possibly let Ireland have the ball but when they do have the ball they can play through the thirds they'll move the ball quite quickly so they will be um, you know a different entity probably not quite as attacking as, as Australia will be whereas Nigeria they tend to be much more fluid in their tactical approach and they almost go 1v1 all over the pitch um, and sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to see what their structure actually is because they play you know they will almost yeah. rely on the one player to go and beat the player that they're up against so it there can be a really difficult team to play against for teams that are used to structure and playing against team structured teams so and they also have asisat oshwala who plays for fc barcelona um, and she is their top you 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 know, she's a serious player unbelievable pace up front so each of the three teams will pose Ireland very very different questions in terms of there'll be really there'll be three really different games Um, but I still think Ireland can be you know Ireland have been so strong defensively throughout the World Cup qualifying campaign um, and been able to score goals particularly from set pieces um, and also um, you know great goals on the counter attack as well so I do think Ireland can you know they'll have to be really strong and solid defensively for long periods of the game Um, but they do have that ability on the counter-attack but they're going to be three really tough games
0: got to leave it there Lisa Fallon Sinead O'Carroll editor of the journal.ie thank you thank you for joining us for starting our last word coverage of the Women's World Cup which starts next week The last word on sport on Today FM. With Carlsberg, official beer partner of the FAI. Probably the best partnership in the world. Get the facts, be drink aware, visit drinkaware.ie.